Good morning. It's Aya Wimala, and I'm coming to you this morning, whatever time of day it is with you. It's uh, late morning here in northern Illinois, and again, it's a beautiful sunny day. Lots of birds, lots of squirrels, chipmunks, uh, just a gorgeous day. So I hope if it's evening where you are, or daytime that you're you're having pleasing weather, and if it's not pleasing, just be okay with whatever it is. Try to enjoy it. So today, I, I'm dipping back into collecting gold dust because we've reached so close to the end. And then I discovered that the first appendix is, um, is just wonderful. It's called Mindfulness in Brief. So I know we'll be working through that. Um, but today I wanted to, to read another, the section before that called Continuing the Work. Cause and effect chain. A yogi, and remember that's just a person who's a meditator, a yogi in one of my retreats had some questions surrounding free will. When we talk about the process of conditioning, remember there's a stream of minds in the conditioned process. The conditions in one mind bring the effect into the next mind, and then whatever the mind chooses to do in the next moment adds a little to that quality or takes away from that quality. It then passes away, and then this condition gives rise to the next mind, and then it passes away, and the effect is given to the next mind. Every mind begins with something, a condition, but that mind has a moment in the present to choose its contribution to the moment in terms of action or non-action before that mind passes away. Everything is conditioned just means that there is a stream that's going on and the present moment has been conditioned by the past. At the same time, there is an element of choice in the present through wisdom, through wisdom, because wisdom has free will. As a result, that wisdom has the ability to choose whatever action or non-action it would like. All things are conditioned, but also you cannot imagine the vastness of karma that you have accumulated that has the potential to flower in every moment. If somebody has developed a lifetime habit of anger, the person will become angry with a little trigger. If the person has studied meditation, starts practicing and understands the benefits of meditation in the present moment, the person may gradually develop to the point where, with awareness plus wisdom, the person may possibly be able to consciously decide what to do. This person could decide whether to continue to be angry on the one hand or try to be aware of the anger and grow in wisdom as a result 
on the other. This choice constitutes free will. If only delusion were present, then the conditioning is set and this person would act entirely according to that conditioning. When this kind of mind is not interested in wisdom, the mind is just a push-button system that is triggered by external forces. Conditioning will dictate all outcomes. Awareness allows the mind to choose. You might hear someone talk about something, or you might come across a book that opens up a bit of wisdom. You may borrow some wisdom from a book or a person, consider it and apply it to your life to bring about more wisdom. In this way, we can see how awareness plus wisdom yields freedom of choice. While I've said all this, I also don't advise yogis to reflect too much on these matters. It's easy to get lost in conceptualization and abstraction on these topics and thus to drift far from the present moment. One of the conditions for wisdom to arise is to think deeply about the Dhamma, but it absolutely needs to be grounded in right view and right thought. Right thought would be what we call also call right intention or right consideration. Building up insights. When we are experiencing an emotion, we can both be with the emotion and understand the nature of the mind that is feeling aversion or craving for this emotion. This is a more powerful realization than just being relieved of the emotion for a moment. Understanding that this is just mind and there's no one here but only conditions is an insight. Often insight minds are momentary and this is normal. We allow these insights to arise repeatedly and gather all these little insights many, many times. The repeated arising of insight impresses that understanding into the mind, and each mind that arises then passes along its qualities to the next mind. When insight arises repeatedly, the inheritance of that insight for each successive mind becomes stronger. That's how we get lasting insights. Effortless awareness. We always need to remember the difference between personal exertion and the energy of the Dhamma taking over. If you are personally very involved in trying to do the practice, you will not be able to see what is going on naturally. When you step back, you are able to see that the process of awareness is already happening quite naturally. That's why I sometimes ask yogis, can you notice that you can hear even though you are not listening, that seeing is happening even though you are not trying to look at anything? Can you notice that even though you are not paying attention, Your mind already knows things. 
I would like yogis, especially for those who have been practicing for years, to get to the point where they realize that without focusing or paying attention, that knowing is happening. After many years of meditating, their practice must have gained momentum, and they need to step back in order to see that this is happening. At that point, you need to switch from doing to recognizing. When the Dhamma takes over, there is just a doing of what is necessary. Of course, it is not possible to just switch, to immediately change the paradigm, but it is good to have this information because this will enable you to sometimes switch into this new mode. This way you will slowly understand what is actually happening, and this will enable you to let go of the old paradigm. That's why momentum is so important when things continue under their own steam and you can really see that you are not involved. If you just practice continuously and correctly, understanding will arise. Once you gain some understanding that this process is just happening, the mind will start seeing things more and more from this perspective. Gathering momentum, collecting gold dust, which is the title of the book. If you reflect on this life alone and add up the amount of time that you have spent trying to be aware, to grow the practice and wisdom, you will find that it is a small amount of time. Ignorance and defilements have been our companions from the time we were born. Things may seem impermanent, but defilements always seem to be permanently there. If you understand cause and effect, however, you'll see that defilements have always had their way. They are the ones whose impressions have run very deep. They are very strongly impressed in the mind and they leave a very long shadow to carry on their work through cause and effect. If our practice is intermittent, then we will not become any more skillful and any understanding will come to a standstill. If we neglect our practice altogether, delusion will begin to grow again and cloud over all the things that we once understood. As long as we continue meditating, we can maintain a certain level of understanding. Awareness is the ground that allows wisdom to arise over and over again, and that's why you have to be aware moment to moment. Any new understandings or wisdom passes away, just like everything else. The understanding of anicca, impermanence, and anatta, not-self, non-ego, are also impermanent. However, while that understanding may arise and also pass away, it will leave an impression for the next mind, which picks it up and in turn leaves an impression as it passes away. So remember, that's what mind is. It's mind after mind after mind. It's not the same old mind all the time. 
It is a zero-sum game. You are either doing this or you are doing that. If this is not present, then that is present. You are either moving forward or you are moving backward. There is no standing still. Wholesome minds will support each other, just as unwholesome minds support each other. When something is burning and you throw in more water, the fire will go out. If flames are more intense, the fire will continue to burn. I want you to use your wisdom to continue the work. You collect this gold dust a bit more each day, day by day. You learn from it all while this and that goes on in your lives. Mindfulness is a lifetime commitment, not a part-time job. It is something that you really, really need to do all the time, all the time. Only when you see the nature of the mind will you understand the nature of Dhamma. The mind is just arising and passing away, is so ephemeral, and the only input you can have to this process is the quality of awareness. When awareness becomes natural, it seems that you have been putting in the effort to keep it going. Persistence is right effort. Awareness starts staying. Effort remains and it becomes more and more natural and much more useful. Vipassana, and remember Vipassana is insight, Vipassana wisdom cannot come through intellectual thinking. It simply cannot be comprehended. Vipassana insight is not something that can be conceptualized through images. It is a wholly new understanding and insight into principles, into nature. As we practice diligently and continuously, we will keep having these small understandings and insights over and over. Over the long haul, insights will become so persistent that they will work in tandem with awareness. Once awareness starts a working together with a once wisdom starts working together with awareness, our meditation moves to a higher level of understanding. We begin to have bigger insights. These bigger understandings have a life of their own. They have more power. They are not so dependent anymore on awareness. Once we have had such insights, they will always be available and wisdom will always be there. At this stage, awareness will step back to play a secondary role. It will always be present because wisdom cannot exist without awareness. But at this level of understanding, wisdom begins to take a life of its own. Awareness will keep feeding wisdom and our understandings will grow in strength. At this stage, the mind always knows what to do, and it can happen that the practice becomes so easy that it will keep going even if we are not making any effort to practice. The more we practice, the more the mind understands how to practice, and it doesn't have to think about how to practice. It finds its way when wisdom starts to operate. The real benefit of the Dhamma is not to stop engaging with life issues. 
but to approach the same task with wisdom instead of defilements, having understood how they work. May all beings be happy. And that sounds like it's the end, but then the next appendix is the one called Mindfulness in Brief. But this this one is enough for today. So, he's just amazing. Um, And the way he presents the teachings is just amazing. His skill is very, um, you can tell it's very much based on experience. So, that's Sayadaw Utejaniya, who wrote this book. And he's still living. And if you go to his website, you can uh, listen to him. His English is pretty good, but he has several books that you can also get. So, so the one of the big messages is we have to keep doing this. We can't. It can't be intermittent. It has to. We we're working to do whatever we can every day to grow that awareness, and that means growing our practice. So it becomes. So our mind, our wisdom takes over. And then we're doing it continuously. So when he talks about learning to meditate continuously, he's talking about exactly what the Buddha taught. And when he talks about this this appendix that I'll I'll read probably in two different, two the next two times, is about reading uh, is about practicing. Um, but he says it in his very brief and beautiful way practicing the Satipatthana Sutta, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And he's talking about our meditation practice in that part. So these are exactly based on the teachings of the Buddha, and they're very, uh, I think I think the way he writes is so beautiful. And it's, uh, having had a year of the pandemic, I think, We've hopefully all learned to be patient enough to learn learn the process. And if you are an occasional meditator or you occasionally practice with awareness, uh, wisdom plus awareness, um, step up your game. Let's get to where we're doing it continuously. And the more we work at that, the more we practice then it becomes, then it will just become effortless. So it's all about working with the defilements, right? And it's, and I love how he talks about mind. The uh, conditioning is in, the present moment is the only moment when we can actually make that change because mind is continually moving on and another mind comes and uh, that that mind that arrives is full of the conditioning from the past. So it's only in that present moment that we can make a difference. I like, I really like that. So let's see how our time is. We have a little time we can begin to sit and so 
this can this even a short sitting can be very helpful to help you uh, begin to practice regularly. Even with a short sitting, if you can't continue after my time is up, uh, if you can't continue, you can feel good that you've gotten in 10 minutes. Let it just become more and more constant and uh, see what happens to your, what happens with the way you deal with things in your daily life. So find your, let your body be in a position that allows you to be comfortable. Can be on the floor, can be walking or standing or sitting. And just let your body be, you want your spine to feel lifted up. Even if you're lying on the floor, you can feel that spine. You can stretch it out and let it be straight for your body. You work with the body that you have, not the one that you like to look at in yoga class or admire from afar. You work with your own body, with your own aches and pains and limitations with your body. So when we say have a straight, uplifted spine, work with the spine you have. We want to feel awake. And um, then if, if we do become drowsy when we're sitting, then that's something we can make the object of our attention, really examine that drowsiness, see what that's about. Breathe through your nose, in through your nose, and out through your nose. If you feel like you're scattered and you're not all in one spot, if you don't feel grounded, don't feel centered, take a few deep breaths in and out. See if that helps you. Be present, be all in this body. Go back to your normal breath and just keep relaxing. Our eyes can be closed, but we're picking up information from all of our senses. That's good. Just allow it to be a direct experience just of let sound just be sound no need to have viewpoints about it or wish it was different or 
be bothered by it. Be aware of the air on your skin, the sense of contact and touch. However your hands are, if your palms are one one on top of the other or if they're facing down on your upper legs, be aware of the contact your palms make. And how it feels in your posture, the parts of your body. Your feet may be touching the floor. If you're in a chair, be aware of that contact. If you're on a cushion, be aware of that. If you're walking, you'd be aware of that movement of each step you take the movement through space and then the foot touching the ground. Just let your attention very gently be with your breath. Very light focus. Stay in the present moment so you can be aware of mind.
Let's keep coming back to the present moment. Be aware of each moment.
My time with you is up, but hopefully you can keep sitting and just let each moment be a mind moment. Bring your awareness to that moment. And I, I'll just end with this, and then if you can keep sitting, keep, keep sitting a bit longer. May the actions that we take towards the good, towards understanding ourselves, towards being more peaceful, be of benefit to all beings everywhere. Thank you for sharing my practice with me and for listening to me reading this beautiful book. Uh, have, a, have a wonderful day, and I hope you can work on continuous, continuously meditating and creating that beautiful uh, mindfulness that we can have present all the time. Bye-bye.